This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 71 degrees in downtown Boise. It is 606, and as you heard right there, four days away to the official starts of the 2023-24, which we hope is 24, football season. <laughs> because if they play 2024, that means they're probably playing a New Year's Bowl. Some of those are on New Year's Eve, though, so the season could still end in 2023 and, and be good. We'll get to find out what this team uh, looks like beginning on Saturday uh, in a very tough test. Maybe one of the tougher tests that they're going to have all year, based on prognostications so far anyway. Washington is, of course, ranked number 10 in the nation. They bring a lot of people back. We're going to talk uh, football coming up today. I know it's Tuesday. Normally that would be Bronco Tuesday where we talk about the other sports, but because of special guest Jeremiah Dickey, athletic director with Boise State University being on yesterday, we have uh, since moved Bronco Monday to Bronco Tuesday, so uh, Bob Beeler will be with us, and we will be talking football. We'll be talking about the depth chart that was released yesterday. few surprises on the depth chart. Uh, maybe not so much with the uh, starters, uh, however, some of the uh, backups might be a little bit of a surprise because there are some freshmen that will be uh, first in line for backups this year. So there have been a few people changing pos- or changing positions and at least changing positions on the chart mm-hmm. then, uh, over the past couple of months. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up as we get underway in the uh, upcoming season. Um, once again, that'll be coming up at about 8.35 this morning. Um, you heard 71 degrees right now in downtown Boise. That's uh, going to change a bunch, as you heard in the weather forecast with the cold front coming in. Um, temperatures yesterday, I think, officially hit triple digits. Will that be the last time for 2023? Probably. I, that's what I'm thinking, too. Um, this is about the time of year you start to see cool downs, and this is going to be a pretty drastic cool down. We're talking a 20-degree cool down. From yesterday into uh, tomorrow, we're only going to be seeing highs mm. probably in the uh, 70s somewhat uh, tomorrow. Friday, it's September. Another chance of some thunderstorm activity coming into the uh, valley um, with that cold front coming up later today. But, but will it be another spectacular show of lightning going from cloud to cloud? I have a funny feeling this one's going to be more of a spectacular uh, show of patio furniture going uh, from yard to yard so windy then yeah it's supposed right. to be some wind coming with this one so uh nail everything down a couple of other things we'll be talking about uh for you this morning by the way our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless once again just to let you know we'll have another chance for you to pick up your tickets to see chicago live in concert the idaho botanical gardens another outdoor concert coming up here on this coming sunday night a lot of hits you're going to be able to hear. And weather should be for the Labor Day weekend. Just absolutely great um, as of so far, uh, looking at the extended forecast. So great night for a concert. We have another chance for you to win your tickets coming up this morning. And once again, we're going to give you a chance to do that by texting us. Keep listening. We'll give you the details to that on how to do that coming up here for you this morning. Um, it's Groundhog Day again. 
Ammon Bundy in court yesterday mm. again. Ammon Bundy, well, let me rephrase that. Ammon Bundy was supposed to be in court in Jim oh. County yesterday. He did not show up in court. Ammon Bundy is due in court today again in Ada County. However, he might or might not show up. We'll find odds, out if he shows up for this case. Odds are probably against it. Because mm-hmm. he hasn't showed up for his court cases uh, here in the most recent S- history. Silly me. I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> I think a lot of people didn't realize it was an option. Uh, part of it is probably why he's gotten into trouble for not showing up oh, yeah. in court. So we'll talk a little bit about that for you. Um, also this morning, presidential polling is uh, out. This is the uh, first extensive polling since the first GOP debate last week. And we'll talk about the numbers and what it means. One person, uh, according to the polling, has made a pretty big jump as far as uh, candidates are concerned. At least this person should be taken more seriously. Um, And this polling may also indicate that Donald Trump might not be skipping any more debates in the future. Really? Or maybe he'll skip one more, but if the same thing (laughs) happens in the next debate, uh, polling after the next debate, he may have to hit the debate stage. No kidding. Because uh, his support, uh, he lost some support. Now, granted, he is so far ahead that even if he loses some of that support, he still has a massive lead. But losing support is something that can worry a person. It, especially if it happens, you do it once, you lose support. If you do it twice, you lose the same amount of support. That could become a problem. That could force Donald Trump to take part in debates. Yeah, if he skipped like 14, 15 debates, eventually mm-hmm. he'd be in second place. He'd be in second place, maybe even third or fourth place. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that and give you the uh, what the polls had to say. Another thing, <laughs> I don't know why I do this, but I went down the rabbit hole yesterday because I just continue to see so many people posting video and social media posts about how the fires in Maui were started on purpose and that people, some people in Maui, Lahaina specifically, knew that the fires were going to happen, so they rushed out and they painted the roofs of their house blue so that their house would not burn down. And how does that work? Apparently the lasers, uh, from from these posts, this is not me saying this, uh, lasers don't work on the color blue. Ah. So the lasers that were used by, I'm guessing, the federal government Mm -hmm. to start the fire... Don't work on blue, so that's why you see a bunch of, they, they point out it's like some blue umbrellas. Look, these are blue umbrellas. Now, they did, they do didn't they, burn down. Do they actually have any footage of people painting their roofs blue? No, no, of course not, oh. because nobody paid attention to that. Now, um, I, I I did look at maps. Well, you, you can see satellite maps. Yeah. Um, you can go a, and look and see uh, post-Maui, post-Lahaina after it is burned. And and you can actually get in pretty close to see buildings. I mean, it, it, the devastation is horrible. But as you look in, there are buildings in Lahaina that did not get burned down. There's a, an entire neighborhood that didn't get touched. There's a uh, food mart, for instance, in the middle of Lahaina that did not burn that down. Could come in handy. Um, you know, do you know how many for, roofs for, for I, I found? How many? That, uh, that were, were painted blue. 
None? Not one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I that was just a guess on my part. <laughs> yeah, not not one. Um, so I still don't understand. You know, I, I get it if people don't do the research and they just listen to it. Oh, yeah, if it, this is this is a huge way to start well, a new smart city. Were, were there any that were sort of a brownish, blackish gray? Well, they were beige. Beige okay. roofs, for the for the most part, is what the colors were. Uh, but I've seen this with a car. Like, they point out a car. Look, this is a blue car in the middle of a line of cars that didn't get burned. Here's the only problem. We don't know if any of the yeah. other cars that got burned up were blue <laughs> because they've been burned up. We just see the one car that wasn't the, happens to be blue. The fire blew by one car. <laughs> so I, I, I still don't get the conspiracy theory. I know people say, oh, this is a way to start a smart city um, in, in Lahaina. Here's the problem with that. And I understand, you know, the, the whole thing about people wanting to start smart cities. So you don't have to move out of that city to go mm-hmm. do stuff. Everything is within that city. Here's the problem. Starting a smart city in Lahaina is stupid. Lahaina is literally 20 minutes from every place else in the island. Mm-hmm. You can go to the tip of the east side in Waialea and be 20 minutes away. You're, you're 10 minutes away from Kapalua, which is on the west side of the island. So you're really just a smart island anyway. So why would you start a smart city in a place where you're just 20 minutes away from pretty much everything on the island. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that soon it will be a very modern-looking old fishing village. I just have uh, no idea. I still don't understand the conspiracy theorists out there. And shoot me in the head for going down that rabbit. Not, not literally. I, I feel like that way uh, for going down that rabbit hole yesterday. But, hey, I had a couple so, hours so to kill. So don't literally shoot you in yeah, the head is no. what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> Glad, glad I we, feel like I should be. Glad though. we cleared that up. Let's get a check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Once again, the place to go if you're hungry, if you want delicious food. And you know it's delicious because you have a highly trained chef who is there every morning making the food from scratch. Get in today and see what we're talking about at Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. Every NFL team starts the preseason with 90 players. And by a deadline before the season opener, each roster has to be reduced to just 53 players which is the number allowed per team during the season. Well, that doesn't seem fair. That NFL cut deadline is at 2 o'clock this afternoon, Mountain Time. Some notable cuts on Monday. The Cardinals cut veteran quarterback Colt McCoy, and Cleveland waived former Boise State defensive back Caleb Biggers, who on Saturday had scored a pick six against the Kansas City Chiefs. Biggers also left that game at the end of the third quarter with stomach cramps. In Major League Baseball, the Braves beat the Rockies easily last night, 14-4. to During the game, two fans ran onto the field and hugged Braves star Ronald Acuna Jr. The um, first fan embraced Acuna, then was tackled by security guards. The second fan attempted a hug while still running and ended up tackling Acuna, Acuna to the ground. According to uh, Acuna, the two fans were apparently attempting to take selfies with him. Nobody was injured, including Acuna. Acuna last night had three hits and four at-bats with a home run and two stolen bases. He leads the major leagues this season in stolen bases, runs scored, and on-base percentage. Atlanta has the best record in the majors at 85 and 45. That's sports. The Great One. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. The uh, company, producers of 2009 hit film Blindside, speaking out. 
speaking out against Michael Orr's claim that the Tuohys allegedly made hundreds of millions of dollars from the film that grossed $330 million. Michael Orr alleged the Tuohy family fabricated the whole story about him being adopted, then he was living a lie where they profited from his story without giving him a single penny. In a statement to uh, People Magazine, uh, Alcorn Entertainment co-founders and co-CEOs revealed that Orr and the members of the Tui family were paid $767,000 in payment to their talent agency for the blind side, not millions of dollars, as Michael Orr claimed. They added that the payment was consistent with the marketplace at the time for the rights of relatively unknown individuals. Therefore, it did not include significant payouts in the event that the film was a success, which it was, which that would be considered back-end payments. So they did not receive back-end payments when the movie made a lot of money. So everybody got... Between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you got seven hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars in payments. Keep in mind, you have uh, agents and managers who get mm, paid their true. what ten and fifteen percent of that. So, right off the top, that goes away. And this is, I mean, the Tuies have claimed the the whole time that that money was split up evenly between all five of their family members, mm-hmm. and that one of those members is included Michael Orr, in Michael yeah. Orr, said he got just as much money as the other two kids and, and they received. So um, that's that's the claim. Don't know if it's true or not, but part of the story that uh, the Tuohys made millions of dollars, um, the company seems, that made the movie said that's not true. Yeah, seems a bit unlikely. Unless they came up with money from some other location that the, the company that paid them don't, doesn't know about, but... Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this going forward because there is a, a lawsuit. So either they'll they'll settle out of court um, or um, this will end up in court, and yeah. we'll we'll find out. But it's starting to look more and more like uh, maybe Michael Orr has an axe to grind for some reason, needs more money. I don't know. Or has a persuasive lawyer. That could be too. 208-336-3700. That's our phone number to get through. If you want to take part in the show, always encouraged here at News Talk KBY, uh, 1-800-529-5264. That is the toll-free number, no matter where you're listening. Remember, you can always email us, chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com, or text us. Same as our main number. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Just looking over some of the food on the menu available from Holy Cow. That's our Friday sweet deal, by the way. Eagle and Napa. First time we've had this as a sweet deal, but I have a funny suspicion with locations in Eagle and Napa that uh, people are going to be buying these up quickly. I've been there a couple of times. The food's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Their beer-battered french fries are amazing. Tater tots, delicious. They have uh, mac and cheese egg rolls. That's right, I said macaroni and cheese egg rolls. <laughs> Kung Pao Brussels sprouts. You don't like Brussels sprouts? Kung Pao Brussels sprouts? You haven't had uh, Brussels sprouts like this before. Kung Pao Brussels sprouts. Everybody likes Kung Pao Brussels sprouts. Uh, I definitely do. Um, have you ever had deep fried pickles? Yes. Panko breaded deep fried pickle spears. Fantastic. Mm. 
these are just these are just items that are on their appetizer menu. When you get into uh, their burgers, they've got the Sam Elliott third pound local Wagyu it beef. Doesn't, doesn't have a mustache, does it? Hickory smoked pulled pork, bacon, mm-hmm. American and cheddar cheese, barbecue sauce, cowboy mayo. They've also got the holy cow double third pound local Wagyu beef patties, double bacon. That's why I like that one so much. American cheese. Holy cow sauce. Those are just some of the... Their Reuben sandwich, by the way, that I, I've had there. Yeah. Also delicious. That's our sweet deal coming up this Friday. Put it on your calendar, whatever it's going to take you to remind you that at 9 o'clock Friday morning, you can go to KBOI.com and get $50 in gift certificates for only $25. This is one of those items where you may want to uh, buy two. Get $100 for only $50, but you'll have to hurry because this is going to sell out quickly. Don't forget, you also have sweet deals that are available right now. You don't have to wait until Friday. There is a whole bunch of those available. Uh, For instance, two hours of X-Golf for $50, $100 value. Um, You've got uh, Positive Pets Dog Training, $125 value, half price. All that available right now. You can check those out. Don't have to wait till Friday morning. Just go to KBOI.com as you're listening right now. Click on the Sweet Deals link and uh, take advantage of those great deals. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Early this morning, Idalia crossed the threshold and is now a hurricane with winds of 75 miles per hour. And in the next few hours... It's likely to continue strengthening all the way until impact. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is urging everyone here on the Gulf side of the peninsula to be ready for extreme wind and rain. And it could have catastrophic storm surge. At this point, landfall is expected early Wednesday morning. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Tampa. In the Citrus County town of Ozello, high water from heavy rain or storm surge isn't just a possibility, but a certainty. 100% that there will be some level of flooding. 100%. Charter boat captain Aaron Hefty says the same feature that makes Ozello a paradise makes it a potential death trap. Yeah, we are surrounded by water. He and his 600 neighbors are packing up and preparing to head for higher ground, leaving their sea level homes behind. A lot of people are going to lose a lot of stuff. And just hoping to find something when they get back. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Tampa. There you go. Idala has now strengthened to an official hurricane. Uh, by the time it hits landfall, they're expecting mm. winds could be 100 to 150 miles per hour. Category 3 hurricane as it uh, comes closer to the Gulf Coast. Tampa's uh, biggest town where it could possibly hit. Tampa-St. Petersburg area. Yeah, they closed the uh, Tampa airport already last night. My wife happens to be in uh, Florida. She's in Miami, though. I asked if she's going to be affected, and they said they don't think that they're going to get Good. much effect there because she's not nothing on not the, supposed to leave until Thursday. Nothing so. on the Atlantic side. Huh? Yeah, so it looks like this is going to be hitting the Gulf Coast, and then uh, it, it'll become a tropical storm again once it hits uh, landfall in Florida, and then we'll uh, move up out of the uh, Gulf of Mexico and uh, the Gulf Coast area and into Georgia and coastal Carolina. So it'll be interesting to see if any of the college football games, because there's a lot of colleges in that area, will Mm -hmm. be affected this uh, upcoming weekend. My guess is uh, Tampa Bay baseball, I don't know if they're playing at home, but Tampa Bay is probably uh, affected. Some of their games may have to be, if their home games, be moved to away games Mm -hmm. because 
you can't just cancel a week of Tampa Bay was the last baseball week they, games before the end of the season. Last week they uh, had to cancel the, the Dodgers, Angels, and Padres all on the same night when California was getting uh, what I call the Idaho hurricane because <laughs> it reached us somehow. Hillary. Hillary, right. Yeah. we're not. By the way, this storm that we're getting um, that's supposed to be moving into our area tomorrow night is not a part of Hurricane Adalia like Hillary was. Other side of the so nation, what so you're we're not going to get the remnants of what that. you're saying is we won't be affected by the weather in the Gulf of Mexico. Exactly. Well, that's good news. Yeah, yeah. Well, there were a lot of people that said, you know, when we talked about the hurricane that was, uh, you know, hitting the uh, Los Angeles and San Diego area, yeah, down through there, said we're not going to be affected by a hurricane from down there, and you know, we were. You saw the amount of rain mm-hmm. that, that we got out of that. That was specifically from, you know. The uh, rain trough and winds coming from that uh, hurricane down um, off the coast of uh, Southern California, and some of that just came into here. We didn't get the hurricane-type winds and and stuff like that, but the rain in the atmosphere definitely made it all the way to Idaho. KBY Newstime is uh, 644. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us this morning, as usual, you're always encouraged to do that, to take part in the show if you'd like. Email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Don't forget, coming up this morning, another chance for you to pick up concert tickets to see Chicago. We'll give you details on how you're going to be able to do that. I will tell you right now, you'll be texting us once again, so be prepared to uh, text us, and uh, we'll give you all those details on the way here on News Talk KBOI. Time for another check on what's going on with sports, brought to you again by our friends at Pork Belly in CUNA, the place to go for breakfast. Mm-mm, get you some. They're opening up in 15 minutes. Deliciousness made from scratch. Not just deliciousness, but lots of it, too. Get into Pork Belly for breakfast or lunch today. The Los Angeles Dodgers have lost pitcher Tony Gonsolin for the rest of the season with an arm injury. He'll undergo Tommy John surgery on Friday. The typical time to recover from Tommy John surgery in recent years has been 14 months, meaning Gonsolin will more than likely miss the Dodgers' entire 2024 season, too. Gonsolin has eight wins and five losses this year. He's notable for his 2022 season with the Dodgers, when as a starting pitcher, he won 16 games against only one loss, but didn't receive even a single vote for the Cy Young Award. In NCAA football, number two-ranked Michigan opened Saturday morning at 10 o'clock Mountain Time against East Carolina. When the Wolverines hit the field, they will be without a head coach and an offensive coordinator. Head coach Jim Harbaugh is sitting out the first three games of the season, and offensive coordinator Sharon Moore will miss Game 1. Both suspensions are self-imposed penalties by the University of Michigan following an NCAA investigation which determined the team committed two Level 2 violations. During a mandatory recruiting dead period in 2021, Harbaugh allegedly contacted two prospects anyway in opposition of the rules. And during that time, the team also allegedly held practices with more than the NCAA's allowed number of coaches on the field. Neither level two violation is terribly serious, but Harbaugh also allegedly committed a level one violation by lying to the NCAA about the two level two violations. That's sports. 
Or if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, uh, even though kids across the valley have been back in school for a couple of weeks now, most of us are still adjusting to new teachers, new classmates, and all sorts of new and changed routines. And after a long summer, you say one routine in particular is often a bit harder than others to reset. Which one are you talking about? It's sleep. I mean, the fact that we are making changes now in our schedule, shifting from summer habits to a more regimented school habit is difficult. Is sleep that big a deal for kids? Can't they just like take a nap after school if they're tired? It is absolutely critical. Students are under a lot of pressure to juggle academic, personal interests. That can mean after school activities, practices, all of that really, frankly, can interrupt what might be a napping opportunity. So adequate nighttime sleep has to be a priority. It's really imperative to supporting academic and individual growth, success, and well-being. So what can we as parents do to help our kids be at their well-rested best for the rest of the school year? Yeah, I mean, number one is it has to be a priority, if not the priority. I mean, the amount of sleep that our children get is critical. So 6 to 12-year-olds, that's ten anywhere from 9 to 12 hours, depending on your child. Um, each night for teens, 8 to 10 at a minimum. And as hard as it can be sometimes, that means restricting screen time, particularly for bed. We recommend turning off electronics at least 30 to 60 minutes before lights go out, often encouraging a 15-minute relaxing kind of nightly routine, maybe reading or journaling, and ensuring that we have quiet and cool sleep environments if able. When most of us think of fall, we think of hunting or the start of football season, but public health experts say there's another specific activity we may want to think about. What's that? Well, it's, t- it's immunization season again, so it's time in, in this case to get our COVID vaccine. We have some new variants circulating this summer uh, and heading into fall, and so area officials are actually seeing an uptick in positive COVID results again. Are this year's new vaccines already available, or are they still a month or two away? So the news version should be ready pretty soon, really by the end of September. They need kind of final sign-off from f- scientists and physicians, um, but we're getting close. Are there particular groups who should strongly consider getting the update shot, and uh, where should they go with questions? Absolutely. Certainly individuals that are 65 and older uh, or and or may have chronic medical conditions are most likely to benefit from the vaccination, although we recommend it for most all populations. Um, and for anyone in that group or otherwise, it's a good conversation to have with your doctor. That is the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thanks for joining us this morning on KBOI. Mike Casper and Chris Walton here for Roos Chris Steakhouse. If you're looking for great fine dining with fabulous food and even better service, then a great decision to make would be Roos Chris Steakhouse. And don't forget, get in before 6.30. You can enjoy their primetime dinner menu where you get a variety of choices for one price, 63 to $73. That includes your soup or salad, your entree, plus your choice of dessert.
defamation case, they continued to maintain websites containing false statements about St. Luke's in the case. And Bundy has posted a 14-minute video on YouTube, which was shared on the People's Rights Network. Now, according to the Idaho Statesman, the order mandates that Bundy and Rodriguez stop posting and disseminating any defamatory statements against the plaintiffs, including any statements that wrongfully claim the plaintiffs are criminals. The judge's order comes after a jury awarded $52 million in damages to St. Luke's and the other plaintiffs who won a defamation lawsuit against Bundy, Rodriguez and various connected groups. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Yesterday's case in Gem County, just the first of two this week, where uh, Ammon Bundy probably won't show up in in court. He's expected to appear at Ada County Courthouse today at 10 a.m. for his initial appearance in a contempt case related Mm, to the original St. Luke's lawsuit. wasn't there yesterday, chances are he won't be there today. Uh, Aaron Welling, a close associate of Bundy's, was the only defendant to appear in court yesterday. Welling, through his corporation White Barn Enterprises, purchased Bundy's home for $250,000 back in December. Boise Real Estate Agency said that the home was worth at least $1 million. Bundy has continued to uh, lease and live in that home from the people who bought the home. St. Luke's is alleged. If it's not yours, it can't be taken away, right? That's it, it can be if you can prove, and St. Luke's alleged the sale was illegal because it was done for the express purpose of putting an asset beyond the reach of a creditor, which is considered fraudulent conveyance under law. And if the plaintiff can prove that this occurred, a court can void the sale and then take the property. Bundy was held in contempt of court for failing to appear to hearings related to the defamation lawsuit. Once again, as we told you, did not appear yesterday. He did, however, release a statement. Quoting here, when thieves are determined how to steal from you and they invite you to discuss it with them, it's probably better not to participate, unquote. So that gives you an idea of why he decided not to show up in court yesterday. Yeah, but he's been ordered not to, what, write things on uh, social media that are uh, defamatory toward toward the court? Yes, toward Toward the the hospital... Toward, toward the court, toward the plaintiff, his uh, website, People's Rights Network, also not allowed to do that. Now, Whitting, the judge Whitting, decided not to make a decision about whether the uh, to issue the proposed order. He did agree to extend the previous temporary restraining order that also restricted uh, Bundy's finances. People's Rights Network issued an urgent call to action to show up at the Jim County Courthouse to support Bundy at yesterday's hearing. A total of about 20 people answered and attended that hearing. Bundy published a letter on his website yesterday addressed to Eric Stidham, who is the lawyer for St. Luke's. I want you to take special pay special attention to this letter that he wrote yesterday because... A lot of people probably at this point are asking, where does this all end? <laughs> what What is the end game for Ammon Bundy? All right, this is the quote from the letter yesterday that he released. Do I flee Idaho with nothing, leaving all I have for you to take and then start over someplace else? Do I grind through the legal process with no funds to really fight back, allowing you and St. Luke's to look justified in your terrible assault on the rights of the parents' and freedom of speech, just to have everything taken 
from me anyway? Do I unite my neighbors, friends, and family to physically defend against this terrible assault on liberty and the right to keep the fruits of my labor? Unquote. In other that, words, la- that last part is... Uh, in other words, do I still have to pay taxes? Well, I, I think that last part is, do I physically defend, as he has done in the past, yeah. in Malheur County, remember? When they come to collect? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of the parts that a lot of people, you know, are worried about. Your thoughts on what is going on, 208-336-3700. You know they just bring more guys, right? Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Well, until they don't have to anymore. Mm. Um, let's get a check on what's going on with sports once again. It's brought to you by Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. Astros second baseman Jose Altuve last night became the first Houston player in 10 years to hit for the cycle in a game with a single, a double, a triple, and a home run as the Astros beat the Red Sox in Boston 14-5. to It's the ninth cycle in Houston's 62-year history. Altuve doubled in the third inning, singled in the fifth, tripled in the sixth, then completed the cycle with an eighth-inning home run that cleared Fenway Park's green monster wall in left field and landed outside the stadium. Every NFL team starts the preseason with 90 players, and by a deadline before the season opener, each roster has to be reduced to just 53 players, which is the number allowed per team during the season. That NFL cut deadline is at 2 o'clock this afternoon, Mountain Time. Some notable cuts on Monday. The Cardinals cut veteran quarterback Colt McCoy, and Cleveland waived former Boise State defensive back Caleb Biggers, who on Saturday scored a pick six against the Kansas City Chiefs. Biggers also left that game at the end of the third quarter with stomach cramps. That's sports. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit hay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Richmond, north of Richmond by Oliver Anthony. That is the uh, song that has been sweeping the country. Uh, recently, and as a matter of fact, it really um, took off after the GOP debate, which played a portion of the song last week. Oliver Anthony, by the way, has spoken out about the particulars of playing that particular song during the GOP, GOP debate. Take a listen. It was funny seeing my song in the presidential debate, because it's like I wrote that song about those people. You know, so for them to have to sit there and listen to that, uh, that cracks me up. But it was funny kind of seeing the response to it. Like, that song has nothing to do with Joe Biden, you know? It's a lot bigger than Joe Biden. That song is written about the people on the, on that stage, and a lot more, too, not just them, but, but definitely them. That was Oliver Anthony talking about uh, yeah. them using his uh, song on that. So now, he's, it, it's a bipartisan song. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, it, it's about everybody. Um, and God bless Oliver Anthony, because as we all know, it's hard to live on only making $40,000 a day. 
<laughs> which is what he was making because this is all his own music that he basically mm-hmm. put out on social media. Right. And he was making $40,000 a day before the song was played for Serious. the debate. Yeah, so he was making $40,000 a day already. So this song had already gone viral. Thank goodness that he will not have to worry about money any longer because yesterday Oliver Anthony uh, signed a recording contract that will pay him $100 million. Serious? Yes. He's never had an album out before. This is his first out. Matter of fact, we told you last week, this is the first time in the history of music that somebody has released their very first song Without an album. Without an album, and it went to number one on the Hot 100 charts. Wow. It's never happened in history until that particular song debuted at number one. So you, you knew this was going to happen. You knew somebody was going to go, hey, yeah, we got to lock this guy up into a but deal. I, but I mean, you, you, your first contract, and you signed it for $100 million? dollars. Fortitude Records. What if he only had one song in him? He may only have that one song. You don't know. Yeah. I mean... Who would have guessed that this song? Would, I mean, you you said it yourself. You weren't particularly enamored with the with the with the song itself, and I think most people maybe not necessarily don't like the song, but the lyrics at home for them, mm. you know, and complaining about politicians in Washington D.C. Hey, working for a living is tough. So it'll be interesting to see is if he continues to make songs that are political like that. Or if he actually just makes music yeah. beyond just that political song that seemed to touch a nerve in the country. He's like, well, my second song will be about a girl, so that's different. At least at least we know that, you know, there's going to be another song because, yeah. you know, a label pays you $100 million. They have certain expectations. And the expectation isn't just that you release that one song, I guess. KBOI Newstime, 745. Let's get a check on what's going on. Uh, once again, one final time with sports this morning. And Chris, it is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go if you are looking for a delicious breakfast. Maybe you're uh, just wanting to get yourself a delicious cup of uh, spe- special hot coffee. Iced coffee, an energy drink. You can get through their drive-thru. It's open every day, same time that their restaurant is, beginning at 7 o'clock. Drive-thru for hip drips, coffee drinks, and energy drinks available all day long, just like breakfast and lunch at Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. In Major League Baseball, the Braves beat the Rockies easily last night, 14-4. to During the game, two fans ran onto the field and hugged Braves star Ronald Acuna Jr., The first fan embraced Acuna, then was tackled by security guards. The second fan attempted a hug while still running and ended up tackling Acuna to the ground. (laughs) According to Acuna, the two fans were apparently attempting to take selfies with him. Nobody was injured, including Acuna. Acuna last night had three hits in four at-bats with a home run and two stolen bases. He leads the major leagues this season in stolen bases, runs scored, and on-base percentage. Atlanta has the best record in the majors at 85 and 45. The Los Angeles Dodgers have lost pitcher Tony Gonsolin for the rest of the season with an arm injury. He'll undergo Tommy John surgery on Friday. The typical time to recover from Tommy John surgery in recent years has been 14 months, meaning that Gonsolin will more than likely miss the Dodgers' entire 2024 season, too. Gonsolin has eight wins and five losses this season. He's notable for his 2022 season with the Dodgers when, as a starting pitcher, he won 16 games against only one loss but did not receive even a single vote for the Cy Young Award. That's sports.
Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I already told you a little bit earlier this morning, I had gone down the rabbit hole, the conspiracy theory uh, of the Maui fires about people claiming that uh, anything painted blue did not burn up. Yeah. And as I'm watching some of those videos, I go, all right, let's check this out. Because I don't know if people knew this or not, but you can go to maps and you can see satellite views of places. Like if I wanted to see my house the satellite view, I could do that right now. Right. So I did that uh, in uh, Maui, over Maui, Lahaina, and kind of focused in on the area that was burned there in Lahaina to see if it was true that anything blue did not burn. And I saw, for instance, uh, a food mart there in the middle of Lahaina did not burn. A whole subdivision um, right in the middle of Lahaina did not burn. And I was looking... Was the food mart blue? No. Yeah, that's just it. I'm looking for a roof that happened to be blue, and there's not one roof. All of them Mm. were kind of beige or brown colored. So I don't, I don't know. My guess is that people are repeating this on social media. They see it and they go, Oh my gosh, there is something going on. Because as I mentioned a little bit earlier, somebody posted a video and said, look at this. Here is a whole street of cars burnt to a crisp except for one car. <laughs> and it happened to be a blue car. Mm. Here's the thing. You know, there could have been blue cars all up and down. Every right. car could have been blue, except for the fact that every other car was burnt to a crisp. Yeah, now they're this all kind one, of a sort, yeah. of, sort of a charcoal color. Charcoal gray color. So um, the whole thing about the blue color claiming that the laser weapons won't burn the color blue. And there was a claim that people like Oprah Winfrey and Julia Roberts, that's why they were out painting the roofs of their house blue, because they knew this was coming and there just there were no roofs so, that were painted blue. So that's why Oprah was photographed on her roof painting, painting the yeah, uh, painting painting the roof blue because wait the, wait a minute she wasn't photographed on her roof no, painting it blue. No, um, but they're they're claiming that the elites knew this was coming. That the, the government told the elites, "Hey, paint your roof blue if you don't want your house to burn up." So it, it like I said, I went down the rabbit hole. Some of these uh, people should write fiction. <laughs> um, I will say you know, they are anyway. Yesterday, uh, videos and images analyzed by the Associated Press confirmed what started the original fire. Now, we know that high winds um, brought down power poles and that electrified wires landed on the grass below and had started the fires. And everybody is pretty much in agreement. Even the electric company that is being sued, Hawaiian Electric, is saying, yes, it that's that's what happened. Um and part of the problem is that upgrades on the fire or on the uh, wires have been long overdue. Yeah. I mean, they have the same wires, the same poles, the electric poles that hold the wires and were leaning and problematic before. They have been up for over 50 years. And the wires um, that hit the ground and started the fires. And mile, we're talking miles of miles of electric wires. Hawaiian Electric Company left naked, and when they hit the thick foliage, they immediately started the fire. That was what started the fire. And then, of course, with the 50 to 80 mile an hour winds, that's what caused it to spread. However, now the electric company is already being sued by a number of people and probably more lawsuits to come 
lo- the uh, electric company, um, you know, saying, hey, we agree with you. This was a problem. This started the fires. Mm-hmm. However, they are also blaming, blaming the fire department because the fire department did not do a good job of, well, all of that putting out the fires. A little more likely than, you know, space lasers. <laughs> really? But that could just be what they want us to think. <laughs> you don't believe in the space lasers, the federal government wanting a smart city? Hey, I saw the, the movie Real Genius. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, down power lines, there you have it. Officially blamed as the start of the fire. And then, of course, drought, high winds caused the problem of way more burning. It, it, basically, it's a perfect storm. And I don't mean just the hurricane. It was a perfect storm of a lot of things going wrong all at once that caused the mass devastation of Maui. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Wildfires in Maui killed more than 100 people and burned thousands of acres across the island. In the aftermath of the fires, some social media posts hinted at a conspiracy, claiming the homes of some celebrities, including Oprah Winfrey, Jeff Bezos, and former President Obama, were somehow miraculously spared from the destruction. One Verify viewer reached out to us on VerifyThis.com to ask if this really happened. So, let's verify. Our sources are NASA, the County of Maui, Google Maps, Maui real estate firm Sales Team, and local news reports. Here's a map of where the Maui wildfires broke out, which shows the most damage in the central and western parts of the island. So where do those celebrities have homes? Oprah owns various properties in Maui, including a home in Kula, located here, several miles from the nearest fire. Jeff Bezos' home is even further away, over here. And if you're looking for Obama's property, you'll have to go to a different island, Oahu. So no, celebrity homes were not miraculously spared from the Maui wildfires, because they weren't near the fires to begin with. Yes. They were tipped off years ago. Yeah, that's, that's they, what I was going to say. Before they built the houses, that it, in 2023, there would be you know fires in that part of Maui. This is where you want to have your home. You're a celebrity. We want to make sure your home is spared. <laughs> the whole funny thing about Obama, Obama doesn't even have a house on Maui. On Maui, Maui no. <laughs> His home was spared. Yes, I know. Uh, in the same way that mine was because there was no fire. And I know. Those of you who believe in the conspiracy theory that these were on purpose and that if you have a um, something colored blue, it, it didn't burn. I know. You, you, you heard there at the beginning, and you can't believe NASA. NASA's going to lie to you because we all know that nobody landed on the moon. I know I didn't. Chris in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, how you boys doing this morning? Uh, living the dream, basically. Good, good. Okay, so this is Chris. I called in last week because nobody could, nobody had the conspiracy theory of why they burned down Lahaina. I don't know if you guys remember or not. Yeah, so, yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we yeah. Uh, smart. Uh, they're building a smart city. Yes, yes, smart city. So, where everybody is missing out on lacking this information is that. And I'll get into my I'll get into my reason here in a second. Is that if you listen to these folks, you have to be super open minded and really listen, because then you get really cool information and you get a super cool story. Now, so if you jump into it with both feet, right off and tell them how nuts they are, which well, sometimes you tend to lean that way relatively quickly. 
but you got to listen. And so when I talked to my relative and, and he told me about the blue house, about if your house was blue, it was spared and from the laser. And I was like, okay, so let's just hypothetically say the laser only the, the laser avoids blue houses. And now once you listen to these folks with an open mind, then you actually get to put in comments that actually might make a little bit of sense, more so than blue lasers from no who knows where. And so my question to him was, okay, let's say the lasers don't like blue houses, but I don't know if the flames care what color your house is once they get going. <laughs> and he's like, you know, that might be a good point. You did You did and, hear me a little earlier this morning when we were talking about this because I kind of went down the no, rabbit hole again yesterday. Yeah. And I, I went, because you, you can go to maps and you can get, like, if I want to get a picture of Boise right now from a satellite, I can and I can, you know, magnify. And, and even if I go over my home, I can find my own home. And I did the same thing with Lahaina yesterday. Um, you know, after I kept reading all the different places that, you know, had blue roofed houses that didn't burn. And I saw in Lahaina, there was not one roof that was blue that was unburned. It would, they all were, you know, kind of brown, reddish, or beige. And there were complete neighborhood subdivisions that were untouched by the fire. Mm. There was a, uh, like a food mart right in the middle of Lahaina that didn't get burned. It had a beige roof. I couldn't find one blue roof that hadn't been touched by the fire. So uh, I, I spent way more time on this yesterday than I should have. Um, but I, 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 sure. when, you, when you start doing that research, and then you start to go, okay, where are all these rumors coming from? Is it just people saying it and then people believing it and passing it on? Or what is it? Um, you know, probably a little bit of everything. But, you know, I'm devil's advocate on that. So I use a lot for what I do for work. I use a lot of uh, Google Maps and stuff like that. And so on the on the crazy side or on the conspiracy side, keep in mind that those Google Maps are not real time. So just to be on their side, that's not real time. So they have True. time maybe to paint the roof blue. But that being said, so now here, so I've got one on top of this now. And I listen to this, too is that now the conspiracy is that uh, they are now putting up fence, like like black fencing up along the highway now, uh, so you cannot see into Lahaina. And that is, the, the theory is, one of the theories is they're doing that, so you can't see what they're doing inside of the burnt areas because they're doing something secretive. Now... My question to him was, you don't think that maybe it's like road construction when they put up the black fence? They're trying to keep, because the wind might blow, and they're trying to keep things from blowing onto the freeway? He's like, no, 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 that's not it at all. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair enough. I, I get it. That, it had nothing to do with that. I know. So and here, I saw that same thing yesterday, by the way, uh, Chris, yeah. and, and I noticed when they said it, it's like, well, that's interesting. However, the fence is only about six feet tall. So if you're over six feet yeah. and go and look over the fence, or if you have a drone, you can fly over, or airplanes yeah. can fly over to so, see what's going on, right? So, so I, I like this stuff. And, and so let's, let's start a new, let's start a new conspiracy theory right now and let's see how far it gets okay what's your conspiracy you theory right here, real quick you right now that um since there's a there's a shortage of labor right now they're bringing the lizard people in <laughs> to help rebuild the city 
And they don't want anybody to see the lizard people as they shapeshift and from construction worker to electrician to plumber to framer. That's what's going on right now. Okay. Uh, there you hear it. You heard it from Chris. If I start to see this tomorrow, I am going to be really upset. Hey, hey, I heard I heard it from Chris earlier this morning. He <laughs> talked about 505. He was talking about it. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the thoughts. That's a crocodile. <laughs> um, way too much thinking going on there. KBY News Time is 813. In a, in a matter of speaking. <laughs> We've got the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. It's coming up right after Bronco Sports Today. Don't go away. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 822, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Uh, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Only one number you need to know when it comes to real estate, that number 208-888-4128, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. All right, Ron, you're going to get first crack at our question today. We have a $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean, a little surf and turf. They have a full bar. Uh, delicious food for you if you can answer this question today. Of the 15 highest grossing movies in United States history, there's only one movie that isn't part of a franchise. The other 14 movies have a sequel out, have a sequel coming soon, or were a sequel themselves. What is that one movie? I'm going to go with Titanic. It'd be hard to have a sequel to a movie where people, almost everybody died, right? And the ship's no longer around. Exactly. That is uh, 100% correct. Titanic. You could, you, could, uh, you could have a prequel, two hours of people buying tickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess you, you could go back and make Jack Dawson younger and find out what he did before he uh, won his uh, ticket. Playing poker. Oh, she let him get on the door. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to ruin it for you. Those people who haven't seen it as of yet. No. I mean, you've only had what twenty six years? Is that what you said to see it? Uh, yeah, twenty six oh years. It came out in uh, about Christmas time in nineteen ninety seven. Um, Ronald, hang on the line. Get get some information from it. But you're all set. You're going to be uh, headed to Land Ocean. Enjoy your $50 gift certificate. Land Ocean to give away all this week. Also, stick around. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll give you the details on how you're going to be able to uh, get yourself free tickets to Chicago. Coming up here this coming Saturday night, Chicago is going to uh, be at the Idaho Botanical Gardens. You chance to see the outdoor concert. We'll be on the way. We'll be texting to win. But like I said, coming up after 9 o'clock, I will tell you exactly what to text. Don't text us now. You need to know what to text. Tell you exactly what to text and we'll give you all those details coming up after 9. We'll take a break here. we got news coming up next. When we come back, Bob Beeler will be with us once again. We are four days away from the first Boise State game against number 10 ranked Washington Huskies. Bob will be with us. It's a special edition this week because we had Jeremiah uh, Dickey on with us yesterday. So today really is Bronco Monday where we're talking only about football. Only about the upcoming game against the Washington Huskies. They've announced the um, starters and uh, who are the backups. That got announced yesterday. We'll hear from Bob. Hear about some of those surprises. That's all on the way next. Don't go away. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. On your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk. KBOI. 835. Uh, once again, great to see Bob. Second day in a row. Yes, this is Tuesday. However, it is not Bronco Tuesday because of a special edition with uh, Jeremiah 
Dickey yesterday, athletic director for Boise State University, where we uh, talked about general athletics at Boise State and all the sports and everything going on there. Today is the day, especially since it is game week, that we are specifically talking about the upcoming game with the Washington Huskies. Tenth ranked in the nation. Very tough way to start off the season for Boise State. I guess we're going to find out who they are. Game one, right? We are, and and I was looking at a a list. They had the top ten games for this weekend, and obviously Boise State-Washington is one of the top ten games. This is the first weekend where I think there's not a whole lot of games. This is one of the... The better games, one that I think, you know, both teams think they're going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so much on the line for the game. I mean, Washington thinks it has a chance to go to the, to this college football playoffs. They need to win this game for that. Yeah. Boise State thinks it has a shot at the New Year's Six. Winning this game would be huge for them. Be so a huge jump. There are so many things on the line for this game. So I'm looking forward to it. And, and I think that when you start against somebody that you think is good, I think that's better for your camp because I think your team is much more focused than if you open with somebody like UT Martin. Yeah, I and, and I totally agree with you. And you can look at back through history of the the past, even the past twenty years, where Boise State started to be good. The times that they started out with with that top ranked team or somebody you know from a Power Five conference, you you could see that focus there to start the season mm-hmm. off. Yeah, and I, the last time I remember Boise State going into a, a similar situation was. In 19, went to Florida State. Now, that Florida State team did not end up being that good. That's still a great win going to Tallahassee oh, yeah. on the road at Florida State. And Especially with game. everything that happened that year, yeah. having to move the game because uh, of, uh, was it Hurricane? I can't remember which one. but <laughs> Florida has a lot of them yeah. this time of the year. So I think, I think if you're going to open the season in Florida, you might have to dodge some of that. Mm-hmm. So just, just the way it goes. But, uh, no, I, I think... I think this season is going to be really good. I think Boise State, I think this is year three for Avalos, and I think he feels a lot better about just the way things are, year three, then year two or one. I saw a thing that said uh, well, there are 66 players now on the team that were recruited mm-hmm. by Avalos. So this is now finally pretty much his team. It was funny. They talked about yesterday at the press conference about basically 40-some new players on the team. And you know you do see a lot of turnover, more so now with, with the transfer portal, but you know we really haven't lost that many people. I mean, you think Doesn't about seem like it. you know Bachmeyer is one of the few. Hopper went to mm-hmm. Michigan State, but you look at teams out there that have wholesale changes with the transfer. Portal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know we brought a few people in. We ha- we haven't really, in my opinion, compared to most teams, we haven't had as many go in, and we haven't certainly haven't had as many go out. I would agree with that. Now the the Boise State uh, depth chart has been mm-hmm. released. Mm-hmm. Are there any surprises among the starters, first of all? Well, I think anytime you look at the offensive line, you're never quite sure until, you know, w- what's going to happen because it's such a group. And if somebody's hurt, a lot of times not only does it change the position the player's hurt at, but then they'll shuffle some other people yeah. around and continue to try to find whatever they think is the best group. They're going to be, at least if, if, if the lineup holds that was released on the depth chart, Cage Casey, who was a redshirt freshman, is going to start at left tackle. And Roger Carrion, who was a redshirt freshman, is going to start at right guard. Casey played in five games, didn't start any last year. Carrion played in one game. He was a starter. That was the game at UTEP. And uh, those two guys are new. You have Garrett Curran listed at center. They said he worked last year some, but practiced at center, never played in the game. I think center's always a 
key position and a tough position. And that's it's, it. It's, it's there's it's such a different skill is that the youngest, to be the center. Is that the youngest unit then the the, the offensive line? Well, he uh, Curran's a six year guy. Beresford's a six year guy. And oh. Ben Dooley's a senior. So, so no. you have it's sort of yes and no. You've got. <laughs> Two redshirt freshmen, but but three either seniors or super seniors. Mm. Curran is is the surprise there, right? Because he wasn't due to be the starting center, was he? No, I think they thought Mason Randolph was, but he and is he listed on the depth chart listed, anywhere? So I think he must be hurt. Okay, so, you know, but nothing's been announced as far as like you know out or whatever. is he out? Like, or, or, yeah, the okay. And they so usually announce yeah. they usually announce when somebody's gone for the season. So that was has nothing has been said. So, he, but he does not show up on the depth chart. Right, defensive side, any surprises? I think when you look at the defense, they list you know players in the defensive line. Maybe the fact that the true freshman from Germany, Max Stege, is listed as one of the guys in the two deep. He's not listed as a starter. He's Who, by the way, has has only played football for what four years? Yeah, probably. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's listed in there. Um, Couple of guys at linebacker, a true freshman by the name of Ty Benefield is listed as a backup at safety. So, hmm. not to say that the coaches didn't see it coming, but you know that's a name I hadn't heard yeah. until yesterday. So, th- those would probably be the surprises. There's some depth at at corner, so they list Reed or Canijo at one, Clark at the other. My guess is all those guys will play. I know the uh, game. This is the first game of the season. Um, health-wise, the team looks, and maybe you would know this better, but the team looks fairly healthy Seems, right now, right? Yeah, which is good, which yeah. means they've had a good camp. Anytime that you don't lose a whole bunch of people for the season in camp, you're doing well. Like Washington lost you know, their starting running back mm-hmm. uh, to, to injury out for the year. They said it was a leg injury of some sorts. So now running back is fairly deep position for them, not one of their superstars at running back. So... You know, I think Washington will probably be fine, but you know, you don't want to start losing a whole bunch of people. Yeah, we'll take a break here. When we come back, uh, Bob Beeler with us once again, and uh, we'll hear from Coach Avalos. It is Bronco Monday. Yes, I know it's Tuesday. We're not off. It's just a special edition because it is game week, and we're talking all about Boise State football today. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos News Talk KBOI. 8.44, Bob Beeler with us uh, once again. It is Tuesday. However, this is a uh, version of Bronco Monday because it is game week. Four days away from Boise State taking on uh, Washington coming up here this coming Saturday. Kickoff one thirty Mountain Time. Our coverage will begin right here on 670 KBOI at 8.30. First Coaches Show will be at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. When we look at this Washington team, they were 11-2 and last season. Lost two tough games. They played a lot of close games. They were uh, uh, five and two in games of eight points or less. So half their games were played that could have gone either way. They've got probably the best quarterback that the Boise State's going to see all season, and Michael Penix Jr. threw for over three hundred and fifty yards a game. And as we hear Coach Avalos talk, a lot of the reason that Penix is good is he's got great receivers. They, they got one of the best wide receiver cores in the nation. So, um, you know, it's it's not just the quarterback. It's, it's uh, you know, the whole passing game all together. That's going to be a huge part of the game. Um, I, again, they're the number one pass offense in the nation for a reason. Mind you, they've only, you know, they give gave up, you know, some of the fewest amount of sacks last year. And, all, and while they do pass the ball a fair amount. So, you know, that tells you. Uh, that they do a good job taking care of the quarterback. The quarterback does get the ball out on time, and he's got plenty of guys to 
uh, to spread the ball around to. Talked about sacks. They were sacked seven times all last season. Penix himself was only sacked five times. Here are the receivers. Rome Odunze, 6'3", 211 pounds, 75 catches over 1,000 yards. Jalen Polk, 41 catches, nearly 700 yards. He's 6'2", 205. And Jalen McMillan, 6'1", 190. He had 79 catches for over 1,000 yards. McMillan and Odunze are the two big guys, and this is what uh, Avalos had to say about them. They, they line up in various positions, you know, all over the field. It's not a typical, you know, um, you know where one guy's going to be at formationally. And so, you know, that, that, that in itself tells you that they're good at running uh, the route tree. Um, whether it be the intermediate or the quick routes, uh, their ability to transition and get out of breaks is really good. I and mean, they got both of them, got all three of them. I mean, the wide receiver core in general has length. Um, that goes along with the speed and size. So uh, that that right there uh, obviously has led to them being one of the. Um... And he's talking about you know what they're able to do. A lot of receivers know the slot or know the outside. Um, these guys they line up anywhere. So if you're a defensive back for Boise State, you might get whoever decides to you know line up in front of you. So they all have to be ready for everybody. Another area of concern is Washington State's defensive line. They've got two very big and quick ends. One of them, Braylon Trice, had nine sacks last season, four and a half sacks for uh, Tupuola Fatui. And uh, this is what Avalos had to say about the pass rush of Washington State. A defensive front that is shown to play very physical. Um, a defensive front that, uh, you know, is capable of aligning in, in multiple fronts, uh, being able to, uh, again, much like their offense, they present a bunch of different things in the pre-snap. The defense uh, is going to do that, too, in terms of front structures, pressures, um, uh, simulated pressures, and then obviously uh, uh, they got some length and, and speed in the secondary uh, that they're going to be able to cover the field with. And again, Washington, I may have said Washington State a moment ago, but it is Washington. A lot of size, a lot of speed, a lot of strength. And finally, Coach talked about playing a top-10 team to start the season. Yeah, it's a huge challenge. I mean, we're, we're going to get to learn, you know, a lot from this from this preparation, going into this environment, um, taking on this challenge, uh, obviously uh, playing one of, uh, you know, the, the premier teams for this for this season in, in – in the opening game is going to provide us with an experience and an opportunity to grow forward. And it being this early on in the season, you know, this team has been unbelievable all throughout the course of the year about uh, the hunger to, to learn and grow and to do the things necessary. And so there will be, obviously, being the first game, there's going to, we're going to come out of this game and there's going to be plenty of things that we need to grow at um, going into this game. Uh, obviously, the goal is a, is a building and earn a certain level of confidence through our preparation that is going to um, withstand when we walk into into that stadium and uh, obviously take on uh, this challenge. Again, Washington, uh, number 10 in the country, starting off the season, and that's why first game weeks are weird because you may end up playing somebody really good and other teams may end up playing somebody that's you know, not, like an FCS team or something. And right. Sometimes what comes out of the first week, you got to take a little bit with a grain of salt. Going into Seattle, are are they practicing with uh, a lot of crowd noise so they can know how to call plays when they can't hear each other? <laughs> I would think so. Cade Barrisford, we recorded the interview yesterday that's going to air Thursday night on the uh, coaches' show, and he said, and he of course came from Washington State. He said it was by far the loudest place in the Pac-12. Mm. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to know too. What other? There's over a hundred teams in FES. Mm-hmm. There are uh, 24 first team All Americans. Mm-hmm. Out of all those teams, two of those All Americans <laughs> play for Washington. You got uh, All American first teamer on the defensive line and the uh, wide receiver mm-hmm. first teamer. So um, you you, have you, you got some talent on that team. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to uh, see, interesting to watch. We'll take a break here uh, coming up. Um, when we come back, um, we had homework yesterday. Want to see crazy take from each of you. I, ha- I have one. Um, could be about anything on the upcoming season, maybe even something upcoming on the game against Washington this week, if uh, you want to weigh in on that. Uh, but we'll get to that coming up here, uh, and we'll talk more about what's coming up this week here on News Talk KBOI. It is Bronco Monday. Yes, I know it's on a Tuesday, but it is game week. First game of the season, taking on the Washington Huskies. Once again, you'll hear it all across our network here. you got AM. 93.1, you've got 670 AM, you can hear it on Google Play, Alexa, KBOI app, and at KBOI.com. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk, KBOI. Bob Beeler, Chris Walton, Mike Casper here this morning. Once again, it is Bronco Monday on Tuesday, getting you ready for the uh, big game. Beginning of the season happening this week against the against the 10th-ranked Huskies in uh, Washington. Game is being played on Sunday, and I know we're still... Saturday. F- or, I'm Saturday. sorry, Saturday. Yeah. Um, I know we're still four days uh, away from the uh, game. Have you had a chance to start um, watching any video and scouting Washington yeah, as I've of yet? I've seen a little bit of Washington, recorded a couple games from last year. Um, not the same as watching a game from this year. What do you think, this is your personal opinion, as, as far as the scouting that you've done so far, uh, I mean, beyond the obvious stuff of having to hold on to the football, what do you think it's going to take for Boise State to be Washington this week? Well, I think, number one, I think they're going to have to take care of their opportunities. That when you know they get the football, move the ball down into Washington territory, I think you're going to want to, you know, with your running game, control the clock. I think the best way to stop Washington's offense is by not letting them have the football. So I think if you keep the football and you know can grind mm-hmm. it out and with the running game that Boise State has, have some drives that last five or six minutes because not only can you score, but you don't let them have the ball. Right. So I think Boise State's offense is going to have to put points on the board. I think to win the game, they're probably going to have to go above 30 to win the game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you've got to somehow make Penix a little bit uncomfortable. He last year, as I said, was only sacked five times all season. So... Um, and with those three wide receivers, yeah. if you give him seven, eight seconds to throw, he's just going to pick you right, apart right, with right. those guys. So you got to change it up. You got to drop some. Sometimes you got to rush, um, but you got to make it so that he can't get a rhythm going. Right. Um, all right. Hot takes, um, crazy uh, takes on on things that you think uh, possible this season. I'm going to start out with you um, just to get things rolling. I predict that uh, Jonah Dalmas will kick a 50-plus-yard field goal to, to win a game this year. Okay, and I'll, and I'll go one further. This is not a, a real hot take, but he only needs 12 field goals to, for the school record and career field goals. Right. I think that's going to be the only career record that's set this season. If you're looking at what numbers career-wise 
have a chance to be, you know, broken, and that that would be it for me. It would probably be more of a surprise that he doesn't break that right. record. I mean, he right, made based twenty-three last year. I mean, I mean, unless we score touchdowns every single time, and then he doesn't trot out on the field to try field <laughs> which goals, which I don't have a problem but, but 12, with. <laughs> right, I don't either. But but if you're going to play, you know, twelve regular season games. 12 is an average of one a game. I would think that yeah. he should be able to well, get 12. And the one thing you see with, with him also is what you don't see with a lot of football coaches, a lot of football teams, and even Boise State, they don't have a lot of trust in their place kicker. And I think Avalos now, after the last couple of years, has total trust in uh, Donald. 56 out of 63. So I'd say pretty that's good. pretty, hmm. pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and then my other one. I think Boise State's going to have 2,000-yard rushers. I think both Halani really? okay. and Genty are going to go over 1,000. I think Green's going to come up short because I think they're just not going to run him enough. They I don't think have they, to, I think yeah. they, I think they want his run to be there, but not like – you don't want to run your yeah. quarterback that many times. So I, I think he'll probably be – 700 or so. I think he's going to have good numbers, good, but I yeah. don't think he's going to get to 1,000. Chris? Yes? Any hot takes for you? <laughs> Predictions? Uh, I think the running game is going to go very well as well. I, I'm I'm a little worried about uh, Washington, how good they are. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'll, I'll predict a score for the game if you want. I, st- I think Washington is going to win by 10, 38, 28. But I would hope that Something happens, and Boise State wins 36-35 or something of that nature. <laughs> Remember, though, the last time Boise State opened with a ranked opponent, it was yeah. Ole Miss in 2014. And the Rebels had a good team. They, they contended for an SEC championship that year. And Ole Miss won the first week. Mm-hmm. Boise State came back, won the league, uh, went 12-2, uh, and uh, two, ended up winning the Fiesta Bowl. So it's a tough challenge, and I think that, you know, don't, Put, I mean, obviously, if they win the game in Seattle, you're going to get really excited because now all of a sudden you got a chance for a, spe- yeah. a special season if you go up there and yeah. knock them off. But but they don't it, have to win. Well, yeah, I, I, for I, a, I to, think, to yeah, have a successful yeah, yeah, season, yeah, obviously. Yeah. All right. Also, um, a new coaches show this week. Yep. We have the first one of the season, seven o'clock Thursday night, right here. All right, Bob. Thank you as usual. Uh, we'll be looking forward to your call coming up uh, this coming Saturday. You hear all the action once again here on News Talk KBOI. KBY News Time 858. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman. This afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.05 into the final hour of the show this morning. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Dow has been open for a little while now. Uh, into the 9 o'clock hour, the Dow is up 80 points after having a really good day yesterday. Looking across the board, a lot of green. Uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the day uh, with uh, Jeremiah um, for you. Um, other thing I promised as we got into the 9 o'clock hour, we were going to give away a pair of tickets to Chicago coming up Sunday night. Your chance to see Chicago, and all you have to do is text us, I want Chicago tickets. That's what you have to text us, all right? 208-336-3700. You have 45 minutes from now to get those texts in, and then one person at random will be chosen to get those tickets for Sunday night's concert, 7 o'clock, Idaho Botanical Gardens Outlaw Field. So once again, 208-336-3700. I want Chicago tickets. Mm. That's all you got to do. I'll okay. choose one person at random to get those uh, tickets. If you, if you don't tell us what you want, you may not get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of hits, by the way, 
from Chicago. So, chance to uh, have a fun night. Don't forget, I know some people may be thinking, well, it's like, ah, Sunday night. I got to get up early Monday. No. Monday's Labor Day, so yeah. most people get uh, Monday off. So if you're one of those people, don't have to worry about getting up early on Sunday. If you have to work on Labor Day, uh, well, you know, reevaluate your life at some point. Um, Devone writes in, I, I hope I'm getting your name right, D-E-V-O-U-N-E. I apologize if I am pronouncing your name wrong. says, uh, hey, Mike, how about all those protesters in Nevada this weekend blocking the highway to Burning Man Festival? Pretty funny outcome. Maybe this will make traffic blocker protesters think twice. I don't know um, how many of our listeners, probably very none, if any at all, have been to Burning Man. You know how huge that is now? Yeah, it's giant. And like 80,000 people go to that. And I think 80,000 people were stuck on the highway to trying to get to Burning Man because of these handful of protesters that decided to put up a trailer and signs and block the highway. Mm -hmm. So federal highway, two-lane highway, out in the middle of nowhere, they just blocked the middle of the highway. And why did they do this? So that they could block people from going to Burning Man and have people talk about their climate protest. Oh, and capitalism. They were against, they're against capitalism, and they're against climate. Now, Burning Man is supposed to be pretty much all hippies? Yeah, kind of. So the ones that sort of eschew capitalism, or at least yeah, pretend to? Yeah. So it was kind of interesting uh, for two reasons. Number one, you're an idiot if you you know park in the media, middle of a busy roadway, and when you saw the video taken from drones and airplanes, the backup on this highway was over 10 miles long. Wow, that's like 80, it's like I-84. <laughs> so completely stopped. You can see motorhomes, you can see trucks, people all headed mm-hmm. and wanting to go to Burning Man, but this small group of like 10 individuals had set up this blockade until... One specific set of police showed up. Take a listen. All right. uh, Maybe we won't take a listen. Looks like we're having a little technical difficulty with the audio here, so have to fix that. Um, Anyway. Can you just do it with your mouth? (laughs) Anyway. um, You pull over. (laughs) It sounded just like that. So... You know, a, a lot of people are not going to go after a bunch of protesters. And the main reason that they're not going to go after them, at, at least physically, is because it basically looks bad on television yeah. or, you know, look just looks bad when you have people that are peacefully protesting, which these people were, by the way. They were peacefully protesting. Um, but there were a certain amount of police who did show up. Oh, there they are. Oh, for some reason. There it goes. Did anyone get that? Yeah. Get out now! Get out! On the ground! All of you on the ground now!
So the police has showed up. Not regular police. Not state police. Not county sheriff. Tribal police. Oh. <laughs> so they, they were on a reservation then. That's they were on a reservation, is? yeah. So the right. uh, people there, we're protesting. This is a public protest. We're on public land. No, you're on tribal property. Right. This is not a peaceful protest on public property. Um, this is a protest on tribal land. We, so all We the, were here first. We had reservations. <laughs> all the... Um, massive amount of protesters. There looks like one, two, three, four, five, seven of them um, were all arrested and then uh, let loose. Wow. But could you imagine if a, a sheriff had done this or if a, a county policeman had, a city policeman had done this? Like, I mean, he literally ran his pickup truck through the barricade. Mm hmm. Gee, that's like television. Movies, whatever. <laughs> the Rock should star in that. Uh, yeah, a little bit like it. Um, but this is one of those instances where it's like you, you play, you know, stupid games. There are stupid consequences um, to the thing. None of the uh, people, by the way, were hurt, even though they were screaming. It's like, we're peaceful. Put your gun away. You have no guns. But they were all arrested, put in handcuffs, and hauled off to Year, jail. Years ago, there was a protest going on. And these people wanted to stop a shipment that was coming by train. So they sat on the tracks. That's a, smart protesters right there, isn't and, it? And uh, a few of them didn't sit on the tracks, but three or four of them did. And they got hit by the train. Now, apparently nobody got killed, but one guy lost his legs. It was, it was like that. But see, the deal is what they had been told, but apparently didn't focus in on for some reason, is that when the train sees you, they don't have enough time to stop. Mm, no. What is it? You, you, you I mean, it takes about a mile so, to stop a train. Depending on the size of it, yeah. But this particular train was one of those. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, and, and the people apparently just had the idea that as soon as the train sees us, they're going to come to a halt right in front of us or something. But it just didn't work that way. I don't have a problem with peaceful protesting. And, and these people were protesting peacefully. However, when you're bro blocking a federal highway, uh, that becomes a little bit dangerous. Apparently on a, on a reservation. It, yeah, especially on a reservation because uh, reservation police, obviously, tribal police um, weren't having any of it. Yeah. And once again, tribal police kind of have their own rules, right? Because they're like a sovereign nation. So that's yeah, why they have their so. own police department. Right. So when you're on tribal land, uh, I think the big mistake that these protesters who were protesting capitalism and climate change, um, they didn't look at a map and go, okay, we're okay up until this point, but this mm -hmm. then becomes a uh, tribal problem, and we may not have quite as many nice police officers who would just uh, stand by and let us protest and back up traffic for 10 miles. Which they know now. Hopefully. <laughs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 Maybe, on your Verizon wireless. What, what actually do they do at Burning Man? I know they burn a big It's man. a concert. It's a huge concert. Oh, yeah, it's a concert. It's, yeah, it's nonstop music for oh, so it's, like three days long. It's, it's like uh, Coachella. Yeah, and not a whole lot different than what happens uh, on a regular day basis for the people to attend. Um, they show up. They don't shower. They pee in, you know, outdoors, and... Uh, that's pretty much how they live their life anyway. I, for the I most just part. remembered why I don't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But you're right. There are a massive amount of people that go to this thing. Is this the way to deal with protesters when they do something? Like I said, this is kind of dangerous when you stop traffic like this. I mean, if you're sitting there driving down the road at 70 miles an hour, all of a sudden you come to a complete stop, you know, up over the top of a hill or something where you're not expecting a complete stop. It becomes a little dangerous and you probably should clear them from the roadway. I usually recommend, you know, bringing out the authorities to negotiate with the protesters, but, you know, I, whatever works, I guess. Hey, they negotiated. Didn't you hear that? Get on the ground! Get on the ground! Yeah. Form not, of negotiation. A form, but not the pure form <laughs> of negotiation. Uh, another uh, text message. It's more of a pure form of, say, fascism. Another text message on a subject we were talking about earlier this morning. Um, you know, Space Laser starting those fires in Maui says, number one, Space Lasers don't work yet. There's this thing called diffusion. Number two, by the blue car logic, which no sane adult should believe, uh, Mykonos and Santorini should be impervious to earthquakes and this one particular volcano that caused some trouble to the West. But what do I know? Yes, exactly. What do you know? Because volcanoes and a mass fire are completely different. Everybody knows that the color blue doesn't protect you from a volcano only from fires that are started from space lasers. I mean, how lucky was it that those people were out there the day before painting their uh, roof I, blue that way? Like, Oprah was out there. When I, I, I'm on, did they get an up email? Up on the roof doing her own painting? Was it a said? secret email that they all got saying, hey, there's going to be a fire tomorrow, oh, no. um, so paint your roof. Yeah. Everybody... It's, you know, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, the story it, in the Bible, people, you put people, a little blood on your door and in the, it'll surpass you. People make fun of aluminum hats, but the fact is, when you're wearing one, you get messages nobody else gets. Now, granted, a lot of them are, are completely ridiculous, but you, you, will, you will know things that other people don't. 208 And of course, a lot of it is just false, but you know... It, it, Pound 670, allegedly false, Chris. Allegedly false. Uh, pound 670 on your yeah. Verizon Wireless. 1-800-529-5264 if you want to get through. Uh, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. We'll take a break, uh, and when we come back, the reason why Donald Trump, even though he says he may not participate in any of the presidential debates, a reason why he may have to now. We'll give you the details on that coming up next. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 920-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Don't forget, we are giving away Chicago tickets coming up on uh, Sunday night. Idaho Botanical Gardens, Al Lafayette, outdoor concert, uh, yours. Somebody's going to get them. You've got about another 20, 25 minutes to uh, text us, I want Chicago tickets. That's all you have to do. Text us that, 208-336-3700, and we'll pick one person of random uh, at random from all of the texts that we get in, uh, and they will get those tickets. We have tickets to give away all this week, by the way. So text in right now, once again, to 208-336-3700. Mentioned as we were going to uh, break. Uh, We all know that Donald Trump has uh, said that, obviously, he didn't participate in the last debate, and uh, he has said that, uh, quite possibly, he will not participate in any of the GOP debates. However, based on a new poll, he may have to. 
Okay, what happened in the new poll? Emerson College poll surveying the U.S. voters following the Republican primary debate last week finds half of Republican primary voters, 50%, plan to vote for Donald Trump. That is the lowest support to date for the former president in the Emerson National Polls. Trump's support dropped by six percentage point versus right before the debate, which he did not participate in. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is at 12%, a two-percentage point increase from last week. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy follows with 9%, a one-point drop from the pre-debate poll. Former Vice President Mike Pence received 7% of voter support, a 4% increase from the previous uh, pre-debate poll. And the biggest winner seems to be South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. She saw the largest increase in support among Republican candidates, jumping five points from 2% to 7%. So she's got three and a half times as many supporters as she had before. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. What what's the actual number that Donald Trump has in this? Uh 50%. He, he 50%. dropped he dropped from 57% pre-debate and, poll to 50% after the debate. And okay, so he dropped 6% and he's still ahead by 38 points. Right. So that would mean if he skips 7 debates, he could be losing. That that's well, I don't I don't think you're going to get to the point of losing if for instance, there's another debate coming up in September. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. If the same thing happens in September, he sees another seven-point drop, meaning a total of 14% in support that uh, over two debates, I think that's the point you where his what? campaign goes, okay, we can't continue on this level, so you have to debate. I, I think he will do something. His campaign will do something, but I don't think it's going to be joining in one of those debates. I, I think he'll just you know step up the rallies or something. I don't know. If... if he loses another 7% after the next debate, and we don't know if he's even going to participate in the next debate. But say say right now he says, nope, next debate in September I am not participating in. Yeah. The same exact thing happens in that particular debate. Uh, I think you're going to see one of two things happen. He's either going to have to participate in the next debate after that, or he's going to have to get indicted again. Huh, okay, so uh, I, I I don't think it's just down to those two choices, but <laughs> you just I can see where those would be his most attractive uh, option. Yeah, I I just think if you if you see a fourteen percent loss over two debates, and by the way, the the difference could even be smaller than that because if he's seeing loss, and then as you've seen in the um, polling that one of the other candidates jumps up, yeah. that that range between the two candidates and i don't know who that could be um you know whether it's nikki haley or if desantis you know who saw a two percent increase in this polling um gets a little bit stronger i i think the can the campaign would have to do something i don't think that if they continue to see this that they could continue to say we're just not going to participate in any you know of the debates going forward at some point they're going to go looks like we're going to have to debate somebody uh, well, when uh the the polling, by the way, before we go to break, when Trump yeah. is removed from the GOP ballot test, his voters split between Ron DeSantis, who showed up at thirty two percent, and Vivek Ramaswamy at twenty nine percent, Pence at sixteen percent, which suggests if Trump was not to run for whatever reason, uh, it looks like it would come to a race between DeSantis and Ramaswamy as so, of, so as if, of right now. And that's if you judge only the people that are debating. 
No, that's taking oh. Trump out of the equation completely. So for whatever reason, if so, Trump if so, Trump says, so. you know, I have too much going on with all my court cases, yeah. so I am dropping out of the race, it would become a race between, as of right now, according to polling, between those two people. All right. But that is everybody who's debating. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, out of everybody less. Yeah. Right. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. If you want to weigh in, phone lines are open. Uh, you guys can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Don't forget, text us for those Chicago tickets. Uh, I want Chicago tickets. That's all you have to do. Text us to 208-336-3700. You've got about 15 minutes. Somebody is going to win those tickets this morning. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.32, a couple of uh, other things to share with you from that Emerson poll yesterday. In a hypothetical matchup between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. According to the poll from Emerson, 46% would vote for Trump, 44% would vote for Biden. 10% are undecided. By the way, that uh, 46 to 44 percent falls into the 3 percent plus or minus possible error. So basically, they're right now at this point, a little over a year from the election, in a dead heat. I like it when they say, well, how are my poll numbers? Well, just remember, there's a 3 percent uh, possibility of error, okay? Okay, what's my number? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, voters were asked if, uh, in this same poll, if they think there should be a federal ban on abortion or if this should be left up to the individual states as it is right now to decide. A majority, 70%, think that it should be left to individual states to decide, while 17% think that there you should know, be a federal ban. 13% even, are unsure. Even those in favor of abortion for 50 years said it should be a state's issue. And so if those same people want to suddenly make it a federal issue again, then, well, it'll turn out it wasn't about state rights. After all, it was just about abortion. Independents are the most opposed to a federal ban on abortion with 7% support compared to 17% support for Democrats, 25% support Mm. for Republicans. Once again, this is uh, based on an Emerson poll that just came out yesterday um, that was done right after the uh, Republican debates last week. Gordon in council listening on 93.1 FM. Good morning to you. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hi, fellas. Hello, America. I was listened to your story about the protest in Nevada, and I heard you say, well, there, there was a capitalist protest. So I thought, oh, baloney, and I looked it up on the Internet, and sure enough, there was a big old sign, abolish capitalism. <laughs> so, there, I guess, does that mean the socialist revolution is underway? I doubt it. Yeah, well, I doubt it. it. And my, my question would be, you know, how did they get there? I mean, if you're going to get rid of capitalism, did they buy a car? And drive themselves? Did they buy gasoline, or did they, you know, well, that would be a get a back? Endeavor, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or did they get a yes, backpack, and did they walk the uh, many miles out into the desert to protest? Yeah, but that what's really surprised me. Then I think, well, did you notice? I just want to know, did you notice any Antifa there? I did not in the desert. No. Well, maybe the Indian reservations are going to be on our side. Maybe they're going to help us fight the socialist revolution. You know, the tribal police went mm, I don't, stop to it, right? I, I didn't necessarily put, you know, that two and two together and came up with 17. Also, I feel like they're going to be on their own side. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're just protecting their own tribal land. Right. 
and they didn't want this happening on their land. I, I, you know, I don't necessarily think they were taking any other side other than their own side and protect the own interests well, of the Paiute tribe. Apparently, when they break up a party, the people don't come back the next day. That's generally, you know, what happens with them. Yeah, I, I'm afraid that someday I'm going to be knocking on the door if I become homeless and I'm going to say, hello, noble red man, it is I, white brother. Uh, and you know that property my grandparents stole from your grandparents, I lost it, and I was wondering if I could stay. If I could come in and stay on the reservation, I won't take up much space. Uh, I won't bother anything. You know? I, I would like to hear how, how that works. Yeah, good luck to you on that. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, fellas. Thanks. Thanks, Gordon. John wrote in. He's talking about the hurricane. He says, I love the infamous quote from Ron White regarding hurricane winds. It's not that the wind is blowing. It's what the wind is blowing. If that Volvo in the wind hits you, it doesn't matter how many sit-ups you did that morning. Here, here. Uh, totally true. And look at that. We're talking about it. And all across three screens, uh, two of the three screens are are showing the uh, hurricane ready to hit. It's supposed to hit landfall as of Wednesday um, around the Tampa area. Tampa airport's already been closed. Schools have been closed down. And uh, people have been told to get the heck out of gosh, uh, Tampa. Gosh, Mike, what state's your wife in right now? She's in she's in Florida, but she's in Miami. She's on the other okay. side. So I asked her yesterday, I go, she was not supposed to come home until Thursday. I go, um, so am I going to see you coming home early? And she goes, well, it looks like right now um, it's not going to hit. Miami, so apparently she's safe. Tim wrote us and says, I think Trump will wait until Chris Christie fails to qualify for the debate. I think Trump is afraid of Christie. Hmm. Mm. You know, I he's debated him before. Yeah. And uh, they used to be friends. True. I mean, Christie used to be, you know, help Trump out, yeah. as a matter of fact, and a big Trump supporter. I mean, there's Not a, so much a anymore. fairly famous picture where they're embracing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, because of something public, but they're embracing. Uh, Kevin writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com, when you said yesterday pharmaceutical companies need to make profits because it takes a lot of money to make a vaccine and lots of time to get it approved, I agree with the exception of a pandemic where the government gives them the money and approves it immediately without trials. That's the incentive to quickly call for pandemics instead of a flu. Pandemics equal fortunes for them, especially with mandates via corporations and certain governments like cities or states. Dan wanted to bring it around to that same subject. He says, I heard you say if you work Labor Day, you may want to evaluate your life choice. Seems to me if you have to get or are forced to get a shot that has not been properly clinically tried to keep your job, I would think you should make better life choices. <sighs> and uh, quite frankly, you do have life choices. Well, yeah. you, you don't have to keep working at that job. No, you can always get another job. There were many people who said, you know what? I choose, even though my company is requiring me, I choose not to get the vaccine, so I'm going to go find another job. Right. And in Idaho, the company can choose to get rid of you for any reason they want, so... There you are. Yeah. Uh, another email, same subject. Once again, we talked a lot about this yesterday. Um, says, I wish you would always include the fact that when you get a new variant of COVID, it's always weaker. When we had COVID, we had no flu. Those are, who are hospitalized were okay unless they were either given a ventilator or remdesivir. The definition for a vaccine has changed. The definition of the safety factor of the mask has changed. The definition of being ill and or infectious changed. Not enough room here for all the lies that went with COVID. Do not 
comply. I don't, I, I mean, I, I get that you say that it is always weaker, and I've talked to a few people that said, you know, that have had COVID multiple times, three and four times, and they said each time they got sick, it got weaker. I don't know if doctors are saying that. I don't know if that's actually proven true that with the new variant of COVID, doctors are saying that you will get less sick. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true or not. There aren't any medical schools where they they teach you to, you know, go with anecdotal evidence. Not one? No. That's so weird. Law schools either. Uh, Tom in uh, Emmett, listening on 670 AM. You're on News Talk KBI. Good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, you talked about Christie turning against Trump after being for him. Last count, I heard there was 40 out of 44 former administration officials that worked for Trump that would never vote for him again. 40 out of 44? So, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Bolton, Joe, anyway, people that resigned when, when, when January 6th went It'd down. faster but, uh, to just name the four that would still vote for him. Rex Tillerson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, you know, there are people that he's gonna have to kill somebody on Main Street and it's still they've already admitted that that ain't gonna go and make any difference to him. So you do have some people that are cult members that will never ever give yeah. up the boat. But uh I think with this trial coming on, he might start looking for somebody that could be elected that would be sympathetic to his plight because right now his number one issue is become elected so that he will not be in prison. What what happens here, and this is a hypothetical for you, but, I mean, it very well could come down to something like this happening because you never know what's going to happen in a court case. What happens if this goes to court and he is found not guilty? Well, I guess we're going to have to live with it, aren't we? No, I'm just, I, I'm know, just saying uh, about what about he, all the people, you know, that are saying, oh, my gosh, he's, he's guilty. I would never vote for somebody that did something like this, saying a court of law. He, he does get found not guilty. Well, I'm 100%. Do you feel the same the, way? The, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the law, the system of justice we have. I have told you before. If you can prove that Joe Biden is corrupt, took bribes, all this, put him in jail. I have no problem. I am not a cult follower of any politician. But uh, I just would like to hear other people that said, you know, this system of justice is the one we have. The idea that we're going to burn this government down and we're going to build it, we're going to have one guy that takes and, and put it back together is a ludicrous idea. As a middle-aged, older guy, this country served me well. I love my country, but part of the love in that country is accepting the government that runs this country. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Paul Nampa, listening on 670 AM. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. i got kind of hypothetical and a factual question for the fact checker, Chris. Mm. That is... Biden is able to pardon his son because he's president. But if he starts getting this impeachment inquiry and then a full-on impeachment and there's uh, certain crimes that are high crimes that are being brought up against him, can he pardon himself while he's going through this impeachment process and nullify it? Well, 
there would be nothing to pardon while going through the process, yeah, and you, there's no way to, in the world that he's going to be convicted. You have to be convicted, uh, or you uh, uh, you have to actually. I think you have to admit that you've done something. In, in other words, in, in, in order to be um, pardoned for it, I'm talking about him pardoning himself. But what pardoning himself for what? Yeah. What what crime are you and talking he, about? Just exactly like his son was up at court a couple of weeks back. Anything in the future crime? Oh yeah, yeah. You can't you can't pardon yourself for a crime that hasn't happened yet. You can't say I pardon myself for anything I may do in the future. I mean, if before if, I leave if, office, if you could, it would be smart to include that in the plan. But yeah, you can't. But you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't future pardon yourself as president. But I would I would say no. I mean, no no president has ever pardoned themselves for anything before. And I would just, I would say it, it probably won't happen. And he's, you know, he, he's not up on, char- he's not up on charges for anything anyway. So yeah, I'll even take it. He had Kamala to, to pardon him if necessary. Well, she would have to be president. First of all, vice president can't pardon anybody. Um, I will even take this a step uh, further and say not only can a president not pardon themselves in the future for future crimes, but a president, upon leaving office, which ha- they have a wide range of being able to commute sentences and pardon people, um, can't look and say, all right, I think this person is going to be found guilty in the next year or two well, in this court case, so I'm going to pardon the them for anything that they may do or be found guilty of in the future. The, the exception to that, well, and it, it wasn't future, but when Ford pardoned Nixon, Nixon hadn't been brought up on charges formally. He hadn't even been impeached. Right. They just said that, okay, we're going to impeach you, and so he resigned. And then uh, there was a, a possibility that he could have been brought up you know, on criminal charges, but then Ford pardoned him for anything he might have done. Yeah, might have done being the key word, not what he might do in the future. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We got one more segment on the way. Um, we do have phone lines open. If you want to get through to us right now, you can. Um, also, if you are going to try and win the Chicago tickets, final chance to do that. All you have to do, I want Chicago tickets. Just have to do it once, one time only, and you'll be entered in on the grand prize drawing out of everybody who has texted us over this hour. Final chance to do it. Text the words, I want Chicago tickets to 208-336-3700. One person's going to win on the way. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Congratulations uh, going out to John Blaisdell. Uh, picked up tickets to uh, see Chicago this coming Sunday night. Congratulations to John and to everybody else. Nice try. Don't forget, if you did not win today, we have another chance for you coming up tomorrow morning between 6 and 10. Another chance to Texas and win. Chicago, by the way, will be at the uh, Outlaw Field Idaho Botanical Garden coming up here on Sunday night. Your chance to see that concert absolutely free all this week from News Talk KBOI. Somebody was asking me the other day, do they call that Outlaw Field because it's right next to the prison? And I said, yes. Mm -hmm. I think they thought it would be a a longer story than that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another story um, uh, for as much 
criticism of I've, as I've given Pete Buttigieg and the Department of Transportation. Um, they did something I wholeheartedly agree with yesterday. I would even go further than this, but I'm just happy that they did it. Department of Transportation uh, has fined American Airlines $4.1 million for keeping thousands of passengers on board planes oh, yeah. on airport tarmacs that's, for hours at a time. That's terrible. And and when they do that, generally the bathroom isn't the, no is off no you're you're point. supposed yeah. to sit in your seat. It is one of my biggest pet peeves. Now I've never had to sit on a tarmac for three or four hours. I start to get really pissed off if it's even an hour. And usually when you're sitting there, they don't turn on the air conditioner. You're sitting there in the point. like, and most of this happened um, with American Airlines in Dallas, which is their main hub. Dallas um, is hot, so people just sit there and sweat and are miserable. And some of these, the, the all of these fines, by the way, on the airplanes that sat on the tarmac, mm-hmm. sat there for a minimum of four hours. Wow! I'm sorry. There should be even a. I mean, four point one million dollars is one of the biggest fines ever, but there should be even a bigger fine than that. And not only that, but you should have to hand a portion of that. $4 million to each and every person who had to put up with that crap. Paul Jay used to say Delta stood for doesn't ever leave the airport, <laughs> but it sounds like American, you know, that's a better uh, description of them. Ralph uh, has written in and says, one, none of the swamp creatures Trump pardoned admitted guilt. Two, Biden could pardon Hunter for any past federal crimes, even if they haven't been discovered. Okay. But uh, I kind of disagree with that. Why would you pardon somebody if their crimes hadn't been discovered? I mean, if they haven't been discovered, it's just, not really a crime ju- yet, is just it? Just to be really extra careful. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, just in case, because if if he if he pardoned, say, and I'll use this as an example, say he pardoned for not uh, his son for not registering as a foreign agent, right? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way. Hunter Biden has not claimed that he ever was a, f- a foreign agent. But say you pardon him for doing that. Wouldn't then that be you, Dad, the President of the United States, admitting your son broke the law? Yeah. Which this entire time he's trying to claim that he did not break the law. I'm not saying he did or he didn't. But if Biden were to pardon somebody, his son specifically, as you're talking about right here, mm-hmm. for something that hasn't been discovered, didn't then you just inadvertently discover it for everybody? <laughs> Well, not to mention, you know, narked on the guy. Yes! So, yeah. Yeah, that would be dumb. <laughs> Biden is not going to pardon okay. somebody okay. for something that hasn't been discovered. Okay. I'm going to tell you some things I've done that are wrong, but <laughs> only so I can explain to you that they're really not that wrong, okay? Now, uh, you you can't take these things and use them against me. Yeah, that... that, that Sounds like a 14-year-old arguing with you, doesn't it? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to make fun of it. Who was the person that wrote that in? Did they give their name? Uh, I don't mean to make fun of you. They did. But, I already deleted it. Okay. I, I don't mean to make fun of you. Uh, I'm not laughing at you. Yes, I am. Um, but I'm I'm not making. I'm not just, laughing at you. I'm laughing with the people that are laughing at you. It just doesn't make sense. All right. I see where you're going on it. That particular argument right. just does um, not make sense. Ron from Meridian says, "I believe the beep the VP president after the original resigns." could pardon the perp of any crimes. Well, yeah, but the, pres- if they become the president, president yeah. the president would have to resign first. Yes. So, yeah, the, if they become and president, but the vice president it's, cannot. It's not really as close to happening as, say, Newsmax, but have you believe? 
That's it for today. Uh, we'll end it there. We're going to be on a 20-hour break. Remember, only four days left to uh, the Boise State-Washington football game. Um, coming up tomorrow morning, we'll have another chance for you to win your Chicago tickets. Plus, we'll have another $50 gift certificate we'll be giving away to Land Ocean. Uh, have yourself a great day. Don't forget, uh, watch out for that.